Already. They're already talking about vegan. Oh God. <laughs> How are we doing? We're live. We're live. We're live. How are we? We're all like, oh my God, they're already talking about vegan shit. <laughs> God. Here we go. Here again. we go again. My fucking goodness. Um, how's everybody doing? This is my lovely wife, Crystal. Hello. She has graced us with her presence today. Um, love you, baby. She just got done teaching a, a class not too long ago. For those of you that are wondering, you can join the app. Uh, live and pre-recorded classes. She's got, well, it's like seven to nine a week, right? Yeah. It's a lot. Fucking, she's busy all the goddamn time. <laughs> I just like walk around and swear. She actually does work. Shit. <laughs> I just, I, I, I pre keep the swearing up, you know, in good practice though. <clears throat> with Crystal would be, uh, would be nice. What do you mean with Crystal? Would be nice. I'm right here. She's right here. <laughs> Are you talking like if you would you would wanted to get like a consultation with her? Oh yeah. We have people that get consultations with her uh, that she like they don't even want to talk to me because I'm a big cotton headed ninny muggin. <laughs> anyway. Uh Eloise, how are you? Christian, what's been going on? Slash Tukin Angel Cactus Patch. Lacey, Kristen, uh, Katie, Crystal, she really is. She really is. It's like kind of weird. It's crazy. It's almost like dichotomous. What? Uh, <laughs> uh, Martina, uh, Janet, <laughs> Fox, Fox. So, and uh, glad to catch this live. We are going to be talking about Fat to the documentary. For those of you that are unaware, you can, in fact, go to the Fitness Confidential podcast on, uh, on, uh, Spotify. Where the fuck? But you can go there on Spotify and we're just going to fucking end out of that. There we go. We're, you can go on Spotify and check out me and Vinny Tortorich talking uh, uh, about all sorts of things. He is the actual person from this podcast. I was on the, or from this documentary. I was on his podcast this past week and he was on our on our show. Uh, this past week too. Really, really good. Just watched the documentary earlier this morning. That's awesome. Very cool. Uh, you're just obnoxious. I am fucking obnoxious. <laughs> like, no, there's no need to kid about that. <laughs> Notice how she burst into, into laughter. I am obnoxious. Aww. Like sometimes it's like it's so much for me. Mark was talking about um, us all heading up to the Arnold, and he was like, "Oh my," because it's so bad when we're together. Like it's like the most obnoxious. You guys see it on camera. It is fucking obnoxious. I can't imagine anybody. Like, our wives obviously love us because to be around the two of us together nonstop is a lot. Like, a fucking lot, a lot. The last time we were up there, we stayed at his at their house mm -hmm. for, like, four days. That's a lot. Like, even even I was just like, oh, fuck, me and Mark are being an awful, awful lot. She's like, uh-huh. Yeah. At the end, I was just ready for some quiet time yeah. because it's so loud. The, the two of them together, and it's like constant talking and loudness. <laughs> constant talking and loudness. Uh, and I was just ready for some quiet time. Uh, uh, I can I can imagine that. Um, it would be a blast. We are. Oh, it is a yeah. lot of fun. We have we have somebody that might be filming us, like like just filming our interactions nonstop for the day. When we're together next time so it, that should be interesting uh you guys seem so fun to hang out with mark and i have a very good time together like i mean we we really do and uh, crystal and i always have a, a great time together but i wouldn't say fun like i'm not fun fun to hang out with because like <laughs> i like suck the oxygen out of a room like i get like it's i get super socially anxious like i'm used to very much i can 
you could hand me a microphone, put me like walk me out onto a stage of 10,000 people and give me three bullet points of something I know how to like what I know about, like if it's something I'm sure about. Not only can I talk for like an hour, but I could probably be decently entertaining just off the top of my head. Um, but it's like the fucking then you step off stage and there's 20 people there that paid VIP to talk to you in person, like and now like form a little circle around you is when I fucking lose my shit. Like when I'm in like in a group of people, I talk a lot, a lot, like even more than I normally talk because like I don't want there to be any fucking dead silence. Mm -hmm. Like and it's it's a problem. It is. But thank you very much. Um It'd be so fun until I got overstimulated and needed to go hide in, in a, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like by the end of it, I just feel like I've had so much stimulation for so many days yeah. that I'm just ready for like just some calm. Because it is just, time. it is unmedicated ADHD on caffeine. <laughs> like oh, yeah. like, like <laughs> non-fucking stop. Yeah. Uh, like literally non-stop for, for as long as we're together. It's, it's crazy. Um, so... We're gonna to head to this documentary. This is Fat, a documentary too. Um, Crystal, we're, we're we're not gonna do the whole documentary. It's an hour and twenty minutes long. Even though I'm playing it at one point two five speed, that would be a long time. So we are gonna jump around uh, just to make sure there's different segments. We're gonna do the very intro, obviously. Uh, this is the introduction, and then we'll we'll, we'll go from here. But I found this to be really really telling. We're gonna to try to, and just so everybody, we're gonna to try to. Uh, get to all the questions and everything like that. But if you guys are rambling on and we're, to, we're going over the movie, we might not see that one. So just kind of wait. Um, uh, and, and that might help, that might help out uh, because it's one of those things where I, we want to hear your input on this because this is a very important topic. Uh, you know, different types of nutrition and everything like that. I think way more important than, than others, than others. Um, what, one of the things I think that this one hits on well is the avoidance and curing of disease via nutrition. And I did, I did a post this morning on, on the Twitter account that they now let me change my picture and name back, which is really fucking cool. Yeah. I haven't got my little blue checky <laughs> thing back, but, uh, I, I just want everybody to imagine while we're watching this, imagine if the suppliers of diabetes medications and heart medications to America just stopped supplying that for a month. Okay, like it, I we have people that will argue with us here later. I'm sure talk about how horrible we are because we're not vegan and carnivore and all that crazy shit. But remember, like we just want people to find the healthiest methodology for them that works for them, that they can then unenslave un themselves. Like they can free themselves from the slavery of obesity and big pharma and stuff like that. Like we really like. I don't care what you choose. But fucking choose something that wor that works for you. Okay, so here we go. Okay. I was wondering if it was gonna be sound or not. Take one, Mark. The 20th century gave us so many misconceptions when it came to health. One egg equals five cigarettes. Eggs cannot legally even be called safe. Cutting down on meat is a good idea. So is the pendulum swinging back in the opposite direction? I mean, you got to be stupid, like, to believe that, like, eggs can't be called safe. You got to be dumb. Like, that, like, that's propaganda. I mean... Where are we since the last movie came out? Is there progress? Has meat made a comeback? 
in some cases, I can say yes. I swear by the ketogenic diet. I hear more doctors talking about it. The low-carbohydrate keto community is based on science. And I can see a few things moving in the direction that people want to see it move into. There is a bottom-up revolution going on. But then I see the other side of it. There was another vegan propaganda movie that came out in this past year. Surprise, surprise, there was a product hooked to it. The Impossible Burger is the world's only burger that looks, handles, smells, cooks, and tastes like ground beef from cows. People... And I mean, it's one of those things, again, like if you need to make it look like, smell like, act like, I mean, how vegan are you? Yeah, how, like, I, I'm sorry, how vegan are you? Like, I want to simulate eating the flesh of creatures. Like, and there are plenty of vegans who are like, I never eat that shit. Good for you. Yeah. Eat, eat your fucking nuts and berries. I don't, I'm not trying to fucking stop you, but like people that like call themselves vegan when you eat, when you eat like this. It's simulation. Like, you're still simulating eating the flesh of an animal. There's a reason why they are trying so hard to make it look like real meat. Yeah, because they, they know that's what people want, mm -hmm. is real meat. They, they, they Meat without the guilt. The guilt of what? Because like, this shit's unhealthy as fuck for you, the environment, everybody. So, anyway. Are becoming guinea pigs. Completely replace animals as a food production technology by 2035. That guy bit off somebody's nose. <laughs> just, just say like that, the, the guy from right there. Completely replace animals as a food production technology by 2030. He bit off somebody's nose. I think that's him. Is that the that's that's the one, right? Is it, beyond, is it beyond? Is it a possible burger that it was like? disgusting in their in their warehouse like in their production place with black mold and shit like that and then another one bit off their nose bit off somebody other dude's nose like showing Oops. up on the first page okay we're gonna have to deal with ads skip ad here we go In fact, part one, we like talk about like the war for information, like they were but I actually think we also live in a war with ourselves. Like they were taking samples. <laughs> it's almost like we're gaming the system of our own bodies. We're trying to get our system to do what it's not supposed to do. Eat this. Eat that. Don't eat this. Don't eat that. Our program is known as a starch-based diet. Take this supplement. Starch-based diet. You got to be stupid. You got to be dumb. Like I don't believe that that person believed it. It's all propaganda. It'll make your muscles grow bigger. We have more questions than ever. And the world always speeds up and it gets more frenzied all the time. And sometimes even the people who are so-called experts don't know what's going on. You suck it all up. Yeah. Taking health, health advice from that dude. What could go wrong? This study says this. That study says that. Well, that study wasn't done correctly. This is healthy. That's not healthy. The answers we're searching for seem to have these long winding roads that eventually lead to nothing, but maybe it doesn't have to be so hard. In this movie, we're going to expand on what we talked about in FAT Part 1. We're going to talk to the same experts you saw before. But let them stretch out a little bit. Great. We're going to discuss why some of the things we believe are wrong. Fat tends to cause you to be fat. We're going to also get into why some of these things are right. Based on the research, we cannot say with any certainty that eating red or processed meat causes cancer, diabetes, or heart disease. And also why there's so much confusion between the two. 
it doesn't have to be that divisive. It does not. That's one of the reasons why I like Vinny is he's kind of like he uh, he kind of states things as they are. It does not need to be super divisive. Find the shit that works for you that you're good with. Worry about yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about other people. And fucking eat. You know, like I mean, I don't even I don't even get it. Like it's so so devoid of. I hate it. I hate them. I hate them. My name is Nina Teichels. I'm a science journalist and author of a book called The Big Fat Surprise. I'm also the executive director of a group called the Nutrition Coalition, which aims to ensure that our nutrition policy is evidence-based. Nina Teichels was a one-time vegan. She crossed over. She, she crossed the aisle. And that led her into 10 years of research. She went through all the papers. She went through all the studies to come back to figure out where we had gone wrong. And it's the work like her book, Big Fat Surprise, that has led a lot of this pendulum swing, in my opinion, to start moving in in the right direction. I got into this field just completely by accident. I was doing a series of investigative food articles for Gourmet Magazine, and one of them that was assigned to me was on trans fats. Well, what are trans fats? I had no idea. Researching that story really plunged me into the whole world of dietary fat, you know, which is the subject that Americans in nutrition have obsessed about most. And that. And it's weird how it's how. We know, like people, people know it's like it's all about money. Like p- people are aware it's all about money, but yet we're still we still demonize like his foods we literally evolved on we're, are still demonized. It's so strange. Like it's so strange to me. Like the problem, like it, somehow the problem is meat. Like I, I just don't like if if it's a moral issue for somebody, okay, but. To, I just don't get it how it's like we've gotten so divisive about like whether it's good for you or not. Like this has been our, our nutrition forever. Like, and if you can't clearly see that like the introduction of processed foods has caused a very serious acute uh, change in the health level of people. I mean, you got to be fucking stupid. It, people didn't all of a sudden eat more meat. People all of a sudden started eating more sugar. It's crazy. That really led me down the rabbit hole. For nearly a decade, I researched uh, everything I could find about dietary fat and cholesterol. When I started doing my research, I couldn't believe the kind of reactions that I got from interviewing scientists. I mean, I'm the daughter of a scientist, and um, in my father's dreams journal, if you open up, there are math equations. (laughs) I always thought that science was full of people like him, who rationally, soberly would discuss interesting ideas and consider other ideas and change their minds based on the scientific observations. And instead, in nutrition science, I couldn't believe what I found. People who were afraid to talk to me, people who said, if you're going to take that line on dietary fat, I can't even talk to you. There's some huge story here. If people are afraid to talk to me. That means there's a really big story here. It's money. Saturated fats, butter, lard, cheese, fatty beef, and poultry with the skin on, all said to be bad for your heart. But you should replace most saturated fats with more monounsaturated healthy fats, which help reduce your risk of heart attack and stroke. Limit red meat, dark poultry meat, or poultry with the skin on to a serving the size of a deck of cards per day. In good science, you try to do everything you can not to go public prematurely, because as soon as you go public, as soon as you claim you've discovered something you haven't, or you've realized something that you don't have the evidence to support, all these consequences kick in and make it virtually impossible to back out of. My name is Gary Taubes. I'm an investigative journalist, co-founder of a not-for-profit research organization called the Nutrition Science Initiative, author of Good Calories, Bad Calories, of Why We Get Fat, of The Case Against Sugar. Gary Taubes is uh, largely considered a lightning rod. Gary has never shied away from media. He will go up against anyone because what he has on his side 
is a little thing called facts. I often ask myself when I was writing good calories, bad calories, it's like I have friends who are sort of have conspiratorial turns of mind where they think people do things because they're venal and they're getting paid by industry. And I just think that I don't see any conspiracy there. I don't really think the industry had much to do with it. The industry was given, the food industry was given this enormous gift of this bad science and these people just, you know, literally could not have caused more harm if there had been a conspiracy, at least if there. See, I just don't like, If it's like you literally couldn't have caused more harm if there was a conspiracy, it's not an accident. At some point in time, even if the science was wrong in the inception, at some point in time, people realized it and leaned into it. There's an active argument against it is the thing. Like there act, there's an active demonization of animal animal meat and, and things like that on a moral, uh, you know, physiological, even health, um, like level you know like when it's so systemic and they won't go back on it you can't even really question it and people are afraid to talk to that one person and they literally demonize people like i'm telling you like people don't need to believe us but when you talk against fat acceptance and you talk about getting people healthy the algorithms bury you like and they and on top of you they put people mukbanging to make the make it even more torturous they bury you you know there had been a conspiracy. Enterprising Washington Post reporters could have um, interviewed the right people in, in garages in Washington and, and exposed it. My name is Dr. Eric Westman. I'm an associate professor of medicine at Duke University Medical Center in Durham, North Carolina. The U.S. government got uh, involved in creating guidelines for what people should eat, and it was not based on science. What can you say about Eric Westman? You know, the original Atkins diet has been around since the early 1970s, but when they wanted to update it, they had to find the doctor to write that. Eric Westman is that guy. He wrote the new Atkins for the new you. He also started uh, his own little obesity clinic over on the East Coast. The guy is just phenomenal. I was involved in research communities where we would look at a guideline and see that as a straw man as something to either prove or disprove. So unfortunately, the research that was going to support and back up the low fat guideline never proved that it was healthy. What's the information people are getting about their health? Because everybody wants to know what does it mean to be healthy? And that's such a right. difficult question to answer. They're interested in their health. They've been searching for answers and they, they found an answer that has actually done them more harm than good in the long run. Brett Shear was this great guy I met when he came on my Fitness Confidential podcast podcast and just fell in love with this guy. He's a cardiologist who doesn't believe that red meat will kill you. He also feels the same way about saturated fat and cholesterol, which is a paradigm shift when you think about it, because there are not many cardiologists out there that are thinking that way. Hormones in our body play a huge role. So things that raise our insulin are going to encourage our bodies to store more fat. Things that raise your insulin are going to encourage your body to store more fat. Indeed. That's why you don't want to be spiking your insulin all fucking day long. It's going to tell you to store more fat and it's going to tell you to be eat, even eat more. It, I mean, it is like our bodies do not know how to react to these refined carbohydrates. That's why there's such spikes in sugar and dopamine release. It should actually be where it's kind of you take calories in, you take even some sugars in, your body releases a little bit of insulin because it's digested slowly because it has fiber with it, everything like that. But it, it, you're operating in, under normal, like, biological pretenses. When you add something that is not natural to it, when you add something like the, the ultra-processed carbohydrates to it that we are not actually evolutionarily, you know, designed to ingest, it, it fucks with the system and it causes irregular behavior and irregular uh, reaction. 
It just absolutely is. So just because you're taking fat out of something and then you're enhancing it with increased carbs and sugars, that is actually making this problem worse, not helping it. Clearly this idea that we are supposed to avoid fat has been a major factor in causing uh, paradoxically the obesity epidemic. That's the yep. big myth, the idea that you, it's, it's dangerous to eat natural foods with fat and cholesterol in it. Andreas Ehrenfeld is a great guy who noticed that the more medicine he handed out, the sicker people got. And he felt that there had to be a better way. So he started working with food, you know, pulling certain things out of people's diets, adding other things. And the certain things were, you know, junk foods and uh, sugars and grains and this sort of thing. And he started adding in red meat and fish and more fatty foods and noticed that people were healing right up. If you're Isn't that crazy? She says it all the time. It's like <laughs> the food will heal you all the time. Avoid fat you end up being hungrier and you would have to eat more of something else to yeah. feel satisfied. And that's something else is carbohydrates. And our society, the way it looks, you end up eating a lot more sugar, processed carbs. That is probably the cause of the obesity epidemic today. By it is. Yes, motherfucker. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. We've said this for, yes, it is. At this point, everyone knows there's an obesity epidemic. And while we can argue all day. And now we're going to try to argue that it's not actually a problem. Like a huge segment of society that is, you know, all for the fat positivity and blah, blah, all that stupid, like you ridiculous fucking people. We're going to pretend like there's not an issue. Like, oh, the obesity epidemic is not even real. And then there's going to be other people that are going to say you have to get three-fourths of your stomach cut out or, or take this pharmaceutical forever. We actually, I'm doing a video on it here probably later today. But there is a, there is a new article, like people will regain, a new study out that people will regain three-fourths of the weight when they go off of the $1,300 a month drugs and stuff like that. That's why when we're, like, for our product, we're trying to make sure people, like, take the product, but work, use use the diminished hunger and increased stress relief to work on your healthy habits so you don't need it forever. These drugs are not are not the, the end-all, know-all. They're not going to solve shit, you know? But uh, we're, we're in a very dangerous spot right now where people are not seeing how dangerous we're, this is about fat versus low fat, pretty much everyone agrees that sugar is bad for you. Sugar makes insulin work better and cures diabetics. Well, that is an open lie. Like, like I mean, like, I'm sorry, like, I'm surprised the screen did not just catch fire. <laughs> the fuck? Almost everyone, but we'll get to that later. BMI is one of the most commonly used measurements to determine if you're obese, but the newest research says that BMI may not be reliable. The biggest problem with getting useful data has to do with doing the math Honestly, we actually have a problem of philosophy of science right now. We have yes. a replication crisis where things can't be replicated. We have people who do research that do something called p-mining. P is the sort of the, the statistical significance of your study. P-hacking is manipulating data or analyses to artificially get significant p-values. You can actually get your data and then find the statistical model that fits best to prove that your data is working. I'm Dr. Drew Pinsky. I'm an internist and addictionologist. Dr. Drew, look, like everyone else in L.A., uh, we love Dr. Drew, all those years of love line, but the fact that he, he does what he does with addiction medicine and the lives he has saved. I, I'm happy to call Drew Pensky a friend. The way we examine populations, we're looking at sort of average effects on, on the, the mean. So people on either end may have very different physiologies that have very different sorts of interventions that we're completely missing. There's really a, a, a crisis coming in the philosophy of science. Intelligent people should know the difference between causality and correlation. And weirdly enough, in this field of nutrition, because it's so hard to do the necessary experiments, what you end up with are correlations between 
health and disease. And one of the correlations is that people who consume a lot of artificial sweeteners tend to be more obese and diabetic than people who don't. Artificial sweeteners have been a staple for dieters since the 1980s, and there's a real debate about the harm they cause. The problem is, if you think about who uses artificial sweeteners, are the people who have weight problems, the people who can't control their weight drinking full sugared sodas. And so mm -hmm. you have no idea if, which way the causality runs, whether these people are unhealthy because they consume artificial sweeteners or whether artificial they consume artificial sweeteners because they're unhealthy and they're predisposed to get fat. The major points about your diet really sort of hover around two things, fat, fruits and vegetables. You've got to really get your saturated fat and trans fat as low as you possibly can. And we know that if we do that, you can actually decrease your risk of coronary heart disease 40, 50%. There is a correlation between obesity and heart disease in that people with obesity often have other risk factors like high blood sugar, high blood pressure, uh, dyslipidemia, meaning you know, um, bad cholesterol profile. And all these things increase the risk of heart disease. It's so easy to blame heart disease on fat. Let's take a hamburger, for instance. They'll say, well, red meat is bad for you because it's in a hamburger. They won't take into account that there was ketchup, mayonnaise, a big breaded bun, and all of it's always the, I ate protein pancakes for breakfast. What'd you have on them? Yeah. Like, what'd you have on them? Nobody just has a pancake. Like, you, you can have a protein pancake. You put something on that motherfucker. You know, all that shit. The other condiments around it. And guess what? Most people never eat a hamburger without French fries. Right. But they never blame it on the seed oils. They never blame it on the bread. They never blame it on any of the goop that's put on it. They just go to the meat and say, meat, bad. Meat causes heart disease. Yes. It <laughs> makes no sense. It's black and white thinking combined with numerous studies coming out of respected names like Harvard that lead people to believe that things may not be true. What does Harvard have to do with this? The role that Harvard plays in the nutrition story is a sad and powerful one, extremely powerful. If you compare butter with calories from refined starch and sugar, it's going to be pretty much a wash. They'll both have adverse impacts on uh, metabolic factors and on risk of heart disease and diabetes. Harvard is home to two of the largest nutritional epidemiological databases in the country. What is that? That's a kind of science where they take a large group of people and they follow them for years and they ask them what they eat and then they see who dies or has a heart attack or gets cancer. This is a kind of science that is so fundamentally weak, right? Yeah. I mean, people are asked, how many cups of spare ribs did you have in the last year? No, these are all guesstimates. Let me tell you something. We, 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 we see many, many, many people, which by the way, you can get our coaching here. I, I forgot to put this in, boom. Uh, but we get many, many, many people through our coaching, through consultations that uh, you can sign up for right there at a discounted price just for this live. But when people are all of a sudden are like, well, you know, I'm pretty active. Like the problem is what we view as pretty active in our society is kind of lazy as fuck. Um, most people, most people mark moderate activity when they just kind of go for a walk a day, that is very lightly active to me. Um, if you are, if you wake up, walk to your car, drive to work, you know, sit at a desk, drive home, walk back from your car, and just do a little bit of housework, that's sedentary. I mean, people tend to radically overestimate their caloric burn via energy expenditure, radically. And my fitness pal, putting those calories back in for a lot of people is literally a fucking a way to make people keep people fat, in my opinion. But beyond that, like people radically, like radically over and estimate their portion sizes and what they see and see for stuff like self-reporting on things like this is not really data. This is just like kind of like opinion.
here? Or how many peaches or how many plums did you eat on average per week? Hundreds of questions. Well, people, first of all, people lie about what they eat. They, yes. they want to please the, they want to please themselves or they want to please the interviewers. And this has been yes. documented in science. Secondly, that, that dietary data, even when they try to validate it, they find that it is highly unreliable. So you're talking about very, very weak evidence, right? And then this kind of science, epidemiology, can never prove cause and effect. It can only show an association. So it was only ever meant to generate hypotheses, which then go on to be tested. The way you test something properly to show cause and effect is to test it in a randomized controlled clinical trial. This weak science that Harvard has been publishing on dominates the whole nutrition landscape. And it is what is echoed throughout all of the media. Oh, this is only association, but not causation. But then they just breeze right by that with headlines that say things like coconut oil killed you. When that headline should read coconut oil, we have found a small weak association between coconut oil and increased risk of cardiovascular disease. People who eat a lot of red meat, who are those people? Those are the people who have ignored their doctor's orders for the last 35 years. That means they do a lot of other unhealthy things. They probably drink too much. They don't go to cultural events. They don't follow their doctor's orders. They don't take their medicine. They don't have happy family lives. Maybe yeah. they live next to a toxic waste dump because they're poor or whatever. And then they come out with a finding that said red meat eater. In the past, yeah. but I think that we're moving past that where people are starting to think for themselves when it comes to their nutrition and figuring out what works better for them. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I, I, I also believe that I think that the alienation of meat, like when she was like maybe 10 years ago, this was absolutely true. Most people that still ate meat through the great onslaught of we're horrible people and still choose to, we're likely people that were a little out, like out of shape. Uh, but to a great degree, all of America is pretty much out of shape. If you are actually in good physical condition, you are in a very sm like, you're in a, easily in a single digit population in the United States. If you are at a healthy weight and have good cardio, you know, watch out what you eat, new, good nutrition, like generalized healthy, uh, lifestyle healthy, life, generalized lifestyle health is probably less than 5% of the population. So I understand what she's saying, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like, uh, and she's trying to say like these people are eating the meat as well as all these other things. Uh, it's not actually the meat. And I, right. I agree with her there, but, yeah. but I do think that yeah. it, I agree, I with, agree with that point, but I don't think that that eating red meat necessarily means you're probably doing all these other unhealthy things. Not that I think eating meat is unhealthy, right. but you know, like, and that may have been true years ago, but I think hopefully I'm hoping <laughs> that we're moving away from that, you know, kind of way of thinking. Right. People who eat a lot of red meat are, you know, tend to die earlier. Well, was it the meat? Was it the unhealthy lifestyle? Was it the excessive binge drinking? Right. You know, it could have been any one of these other things. But that is why the science is so fundamentally weak. Your overall lifestyle, food just being one factor, is going to determine your overall health. If you eat well, change your habits, don't smoke, mm -hmm. maybe start exercising, well, you'll be healthier. The problem is that studies get done where people get healthier by changing everything about their life. Yes. And then the results are touted as food being the reason they got healthier. This is especially rampant among vegan studies. There have been some studies in the past, some small studies that have had some problems with them that have been propagated over and over again. I will, I'm going to point out, by the way, that this is also the argument like that could be used against no morbidity and against all those GLP-1 drugs, too, is because you really still need to make sure you watch your nutrition. And we, and we, we constantly say that, like, I'm going to be very honest, like the same argument can be used against no morbidity. But we've done like each ingredient has been tested clinically. We're still like kicking around the idea of having a study done on no morbidity. But 
they're massively expensive. And then we would have to find somebody else to finance it because we couldn't have our money financing it because then it's looks biased. But I would love to find out how well it works against other things like this. However, most it's the same thing with the intermittent fast. Like intermittent fasting studies suck because there's so many other variables. How much did you sleep? How was you know how was this 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 this? Like one of the big reasons I think no morbidity works really well for people is that it also provides a little bit like their their stress levels go down a little bit. Like it helps with their stress, and that's a huge factor in it. And showing that. Diet can reverse heart disease. And a big one, it was the Ornish studies in the 90s. If you eat more calories than you burn, then you gain weight. Fat tends to cause you to be fat because fat is very dense in calories. Fat has nine calories per gram, whereas protein and carbs have only four, less than half. So an optimal diet is low in fat, low in the bad carbs, high in the good carbs, and enough of the of the good fats. And then, again, it's a spectrum. When you move in this... Yes. <laughs> I can feel you I over there. I just think just saying that eat less fat because it's lower in calories isn't it's more satiating too when you have more protein and healthy fats it's more satiating than if you're just focusing on carbs so like it's not like a fair comparison right you know mm -hmm. like you will probably inherently eat a smaller portion of the meat and healthy fats than you would of the carbohydrates because they're more satiating you're right. going to get fuller faster Exactly. And you're going to stay full or longer. Exactly. This direction, you're going to lose weight, you're going to feel better, and you're going to gain health. What's frequently lost in that is that that was a whole lifestyle program. So they got people to quit smoking, exercise more, manage their stress, and follow a vegetarian diet. But what's come out of that is that a vegetarian diet reverses heart disease. And, and you can't say that from that type of a study. A vegan approach, a vegetarian approach, is consistent with standard dietary guidelines. And the question is, is that really a healthy approach? I'm Dr. Jeff Gerber. I'm a board-certified family doctor from Denver, Colorado. I've been a doctor for over 30 years. About 20 years ago, I realized I didn't know much about nutrition. So I took it upon myself. Isn't that crazy? 10 years into his medical career, private practice, he didn't know much about nutrition to learn more and I use nutrition as a tool to treat and prevent chronic disease. I look at Jeffrey Gerber and I think hero. He looked around and went, wait a minute, I'm healing people with food. What I'm doing, what I was taught in school is not working. Instead of just going down that road the way the AHA or the ADA does where they just keep spewing the same lies, hoping for different results, Jeffrey Gerber looked around and said, hey, we need to do something about this. We think, especially with vegan diets, it's quite a challenge because you're often deficient of macronutrients that you would get from animal-based proteins. Most people tell me they feel great when they go on a vegan diet, only to feel bad later. My I hear that a lot, too. Mm -hmm. Part of it is when they first go, and I'm, I'm going to probably repeat what he's about to say, <laughs> but normally when people go on a diet of any kind, it's normally a radically... Uh, better health choice than what they've been eating. Normally, it's because they've been eating a lot of processed food, a lot of fast food, stuff like that. Um, it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, yes, you, it's healthier than what you were eating, but is it healthy type thing? Not saying that the vegan diet isn't healthy, blah, 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 blah. You fucking whack it, it can be healthy. It's normally not, but it can be. <laughs> My view has always been, well, when you go on a vegan diet, you're cutting out a bunch of crap, a bunch of processed food in your life. Yeah. But at some point, it's not sustainable. I think there are lots of different approaches that can be healthy. You could even do an extreme diet like a vegan diet and feel great because you're not having sugar. You're reducing the starches that raise the blood sugar. But in my experience, some people will blindly follow certain diets, including the vegan diet, and gain 50 to 100 pounds and never even think that the vegan diet might be the cause because they know it's healthy. That's the problem. No, like there are diets that are healthier. The vegan diet, like, 
there's it's the same thing like the same thing with keto keto is pretty fucking healthy no matter what anybody fucking says it's hard to stick to but it's pretty fucking healthy part of the problem with keto is it's hard to stick to but also all the keto fucking products that are not really keto they're just marketed keto it's all sorts of artificial shit if you're gonna like go on one of these nutritional regimens eat the actual fucking food because everyone else says it's healthy, you know, it must be the the plastic in my my bottle that's causing the obesity. It must be the the microbiome, or that I'm not sleeping. When actually, it was the food that they were eating. As a cardiologist, I've come across a number of patients who are vegans, and of course, I, I read the literature every day that supports a vegan diet for heart health. Unfortunately, for a lot of vegans, it takes a lot of work to maintain a vegan yes. lifestyle. You have to think about food all the time. You have to prepare your food all the time. You are hungry all the time. A number of people have decreased energy. So I think that is a downfall to, to the vegan way of life. Not that there can't be healthy vegans. Of course there can. But the question is for how long? Today we're going to explore all of the vitamins and nutrients. Yeah, somebody just said, uh, I would say most of the vegans I know rely heavily on uh, heavily on processed and ultra-processed foods. I would agree. Yes. I would absolutely agree. Uh, a huge portion of them. Don't get like, me wrong. We know, like, we follow some people that grow all their own shit. Like, they grow, they grow all their own food. Like, we follow some people like that. Those are vegans. <laughs> like, like, everything that they eat, for, eat comes from their gardens or stuff like that. That's a vegan. Okay. Uh, it's the same thing. Like, normally, people that grow all their own food and even hunt their own food, they're pretty keto. Like uh, they're either keto or paleo, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's stuff like that. But most, most vegans. Yeah. We are going to hop forward here. You wanted to talk about one, one like, yeah. kind of particular. Here, hang on. Let me blow it up. <laughs> okay. One three. Right about here. A little bit more. After that guy. Right there. Okay. We're gonna love can get a little oops. messy. Good thing. We're gonna hop a little forward because we don't have much time. We do highly suggest you can watch these uh watch these on right on YouTube. So I wanted to, we wanted to talk about this and we'll open up the QA. Uh. To our children. What is making people confused is the publication of this weak epidemiological data, which almost 100% of the time turns out to be wrong. I mean, what is the list of things that epidemiology has been wrong on? Vitamin E. Sit down and get ready for this. This is a list of what stuff that vitamin or that epidemiology has been wrong on. Supplements, vitamin A supplements, vitamin C supplements, hormone replacement therapy turned out to be killing women. Uh, dietary cholesterol caps, why we all ate egg white omelets and avoided shellfish for all that time. That turned out to be wrong and was retracted. The low fat diet. The government and the American Heart Association have backed off the low fat diet. Why were we eating a low fat diet? Because of epidemiology. Confusing us are the epidemiologists, the experts themselves. Most of the current social media argument is over extreme. That is crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing about it is, is that anytime that there is money, like there's multiple corporations involved, like you just got to wonder, okay? And I, did, I, I would like to point out that nothing that is grown and taken directly from the ground, like if it's like one step processing, even things like wheat taken directly from the ground, if you make wheat berries from, from the wheat, like like you just, before you grind it and remove everything like that, wheat berries I used to eat all the time, high in protein, really high in fiber. They gave your jaw quite the workout. Uh, you could use them as like in like a, a fresh salad with uh, 
uh, with a little bit of like a, even just a little bit of oil or lemon and uh, herbs and stuff like that. It was delicious, right? So it was less dangerous. Like uh, even sugar cane, like I mean, honey, like honey is taken directly and not processed. But like when you process this stuff out and then process it through a bunch of other stuff, that's where it's a problem. Like normally, if you like pull something out of a lake, take its skin off and cook it, as long as it doesn't have parasites or whatever, that's pretty healthy. Normally, you can grab some edible greens right off the ground, wash them and eat them and you're good. Like your nutri your nutrition is covered. Like we, we did not have the level of disease that we had. It's crazy how we're so sickly right now. But we'll say how what we've been doing right is what we've been doing for the last 30 or 40 years is the right way. Like there's better medication to take care of all these sick people, but the number of people out of 10 that have diabetes has skyrocketed. The number of people, people that have heart disease has skyrocketed. We've just gotten better at like having medicines to maintain these people because then you're on their subscription service for life. Like if we could get back to everybody grow a little bit of your own food, everybody eat a little bit of your own food, try to shop local at local farms and stuff like that for your food, we would be a lot, lot, lot healthier in both us and the fucking, you know, the planet pretty much. Go all vegan or go all meat. No one knows who to trust. And then both messages get commercialized and bastardized. Now you're in fad diet land. Now you're in now. That's the thing. That's why I don't like these extremes. It's possible to do keto and be healthy. It's possible to do vegan and be healthy, but it's harder. You know, it takes more effort. And I feel like with keto, it's easier to do and have balance. But when you're doing vegan, where you're completely cutting out all uh, meat sources and eggs and things like that, it makes it harder yeah. to get you know protein and healthy fats. It's still possible to be healthy. It's just harder. And then, like if you're doing carnivore, you know that's that's hard. That's why I don't really like these extremes. I think it's better to have a balanced diet, you know, mm -hmm. maybe focus on protein and healthy fats at the beginning of the day. It's more satiating and then save your carbs for the end of the day, you know, have a potato at the end of the day or something or fruit, you know, for dessert or something like that. That way you don't feel too restricted and you're still controlling your hunger all day and you're focusing on whole foods. So smart. Genius. Oh, it's de facto quackery because if it wasn't quackery, why would you need this cardiologist in New York or this gynecologist in Brooklyn writing about it instead of it coming out of Harvard or Cornell or Yale? They've been fighting this thing for 50 years, and the longer you fight it, again, now we're into the cognitive dissonance, the more you have to be right. I have a lot of patients who are confused or, or at least uh, tell me about uh, the vegan diet and how, especially among young women, uh, my daughter... Young lady, keto did not give you hypothyroidism. Like I, and it, you would have a heart, like I, I feel that bad if you have hypothyroidism, but keto did not give you hypothyroidism. I, I, I would, I, I would, I would, I would have to, have to say maybe you should go and talk to your doctor again because that is, like, meat and vegetables. If if you ate meat and vegetables. And it was had a, a very serious deleterious effect on your thyroid. I would wonder what else happened. But just to make that kind of a statement is a little crazy. 
included one of them um it's very fashionable to be a vegan and you're you feel like you're yeah, we just saw that. Thank you very much. animals and all um but uh, as a scientist i want to promote or recommend a diet that's actually healthy for humans not just for animals right so i mean i'm here to help the person in front of me in a clinic so i want the diet to be as healthy as possible and it's possible with a vegan diet to have nutritional um, deficiencies some of the nutrients of concern in the vegan diet include vitamin b12 iron calcium vitamin d omega-3 fatty acids, including EPA and DHA, and protein. We found that some of these nutrients, which can have implications in neurologic disorders, anemias, bone health, and other health concerns, can be deficient in vegan diets. Low-carb diets for a vegetarian is possibly a successful approach. We actually have low-carb vegetarians who um, perhaps can add dairy or eggs or fish and chicken to the diet, and in this way, um, they can lead a healthy life. But uh, I think it is fair to say that uh, we are uh, omnivores, and uh, animal-based proteins, as well as plant-based proteins, can be healthy for us. That's what me and you have said all the time. Like we have, we have canine teeth for a reason. The human brain developed more once we started taking in animal proteins. Like we, if it wouldn't be for animal, the ingestion of animal proteins, there's likelihood we were never evolved into the actual human race. You know, you can say what the science says, and then you can say what people actually do and actually stick with. And you want a diet, a nutritional program that's going to make you feel good, give you energy, make yep. it so you're not hungry all the time, so you don't have to think about food all the time. We get yes. a lot of push. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, we, we encourage you to watch the rest of this movie. I think we should get to some Q&A because we only got 15 minutes left and I see some good conversation happening. And my wife is too pretty to have in this little box <laughs> the entire time. So um, re-ask questions if you ask them. Um, it is it is not common amongst women to develop hypothyroidism from keto. And you're saying after being keto for a year straight, I wasn't producing my T3 hormone that you'd have like, I feel bad for you, but you can't say it was keto. It could be a billion other things too. I mean, I just, it's just, I, I, I'm, I'm with Alan. I have not read any data that makes me think that way in, at all. So uh, now my diet uh, resembles keto, but I do have the smallest amount of carbs. That's good. That's livable, livable. I'm going to see an enterprise about my thyroid issue. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, I, uh, iron, I get so much, uh, I get so anemic, uh, this past summer, I knew I had to start adding meat to my diet again, felt bad. I, that's a huge factor in it also. I think this is an answer. Why is it better to save the carbs for end of the day? Okay. Um, <laughs> I explained it last time. Yeah. So you explained it this time. The idea is, is that if you're going to eat anything, that's going to, uh, engage your glycemic response or the like response from your body, that's going to make you want to eat more, like have an insulinogenic response. That you want that to be later on the day. That way, you only have to fight off the hunger for a little bit. So that, that that's why that's why we suggest carbs towards the end of the day. That way, you still get to have them, and so you don't feel restricted from them. But they're not going to have the same hunger effect that you would normally have. Mm -hmm. This is what happened to me. I had a, uh, I had a, I almost had a psychotic episode when I was vegan. Damn, damn. <clears throat> there is still death with a vegan diet. Yes, there is. There's still death with a vegan <laughs> diet. Unfortunately, so. Let's see. I'm anemic. Okay. Uh, our canines are actually shaped for vegetables with rough skin, but our brains did develop fa uh, faster over time with the consumption of meat. Okay. Uh, let's see. Save. Uh, let's see. Save the carbs for the end of the day, so that doesn't uh, trigger your hunger cravings. Also, yeah. it is uh, macro that triggers insulin the most. 
Uh, you don't want to happen to have it in the morning. Exactly, Heather. Heather Heather's been paying attention. <laughs> she understood the assignment. It's this song, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I, was, you I was explain your joke to me. I know. I was explaining it to them. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I don't need to explain anything. I can, <laughs> me and Crystal can have entire conversations just looking at each other in different ways. I have a high protein and uh, fat diet, very uh, minimal carbs. I know trans fats are bad, but are the other fats that I, what, what are the other fats that I should avoid eating less of? You know, if it's animal fat or dairy fat, I don't understand why people keep avoiding it. We've grown mm -hmm. up on it for, for fucking ever. Your weight, the, I'd be much more concerned with staying off of processed carbohydrates, processed foods, ultra processed foods, if you ask me. Much more concerned. We Stay we have from deep fried foods. Yeah, we I mean we have pork in the fridge that I'm about to fucking mow down on. We have red meat. We have fish. You know, it, it's a daily thing almost. But haven't you ever woken up and you were hungry? Most people that wake up and think they're very hungry or very thirsty, they should drink about thirty to sixty ounces of fluid right off the bat and still see if they're hungry. Most people don't wake up hungry. Like, even if you have an empty stomach, nine times out of ten, you're waking up very, very thirsty. Waking up, waking up, like, unless you're very lean, like, people that have that that are lean enough for their age and sex and stuff like that, that they might not go into glyco, uh, gluconeogenesis really easy, like the, the changing of fat into energy. Like, Crystal stays at a pretty low body fat for a woman. So I would imagine if she wakes up decently hungry after she after she drinks something, she's still hungry. But, like, I still got enough body fat on me. For that I'm not like if I wake up thinking I'm hungry, I'm really just thirsty, you know. So I would play it by ear. But no, it's not really. Most people don't wake up hungry. Most people wake up thirsty. And usually, the only time that happens to me where like I wake up and I'm, I'm very hungry when I wake up is if I had like an intense workout in the evening the mm -hmm. night before, you know. Then sometimes the next morning I'm like really hungry even after I drink some water. Yeah. Uh, I do keto with low carb and my metabolic health. When I went for six, I went from six medications to none. My husband is type one, but he's dr uh, dr drastically changed his insulin consumption. Uh, he went from 100 units a day down to 10. That's out fucking standing. And that's, I mean, that's the thing. Like you gotta, you a lot of this can be managed very, very, very closely with nutrition. Very closely. What's the easiest way to get 100 grams of protein without being so full, even with low uh, low cal versions? I'm still so full. It sounds to me like that's kind of a more of a, a thing for you. 100 grams of protein, I could do it in one sitting with with steak. Uh, but and technically, the most the most calorie dense you would find for that would be some would be like a some sirloin steak or the most because it's the most protein per ounce of all the steaks because it's the leanest. It also is why it comes out kind of the toughest unless you marinate it, which is adding fat to it. Um, but I would go with uh, lean proteins, steak, chicken breast, those sorts of things. I might have carb intolerance. So any ideas what uh, on what carbs I could eat that won't bother me, Crystal? I don't know what you mean by carb intolerance. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what you mean by that either. If it's a digestion, if it's a digestion thing, that would be that would depend on each individual food. Mm -hmm. Like to not be able to ingest any carbohydrates, I would have a hard time believing. I would say maybe stick to just vegetables, not even fruits, because vegetables are uh, normally have associated fiber. And even with fruit, sometimes it's more like it's the, the sweet, sweet. So I would test that out. But I would definitely talk to your doctor. Carb intolerance. I mean, what, we, I don't even know. I, I don't know if that means it spikes your levels or if you yeah. I mean, do you get 
gastro distress. Like it's it's kind of vague. We're yeah, not I'm really not sure. sure what what you mean by that. So, what vegetables with rough skin can be eaten raw? I mean, I don't like. I, I like. I don't. Again, what kind of. Yeah. What do you even mean, rough skin? <laughs> like, do you mean like a potato? Like, because potatoes can be eaten raw. I don't suggest it. You can eat most vegetables raw. Some don't taste real fucking good, but you can eat most of them. And raw. your body can digest some better um, once they've been cooked, like potatoes. Yeah. I don't know what you mean by rough skin. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Avocado, you peel it and, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the skin is kind of... It's kind, it's kind of rough. I don't know. It's I, kind of... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what you mean by rough skin. <laughs> I, have a, I have a high carb protein diet. Why do, why do I experience with a lot of people experience like tiredness or hunger? A high carb protein slash protein diet. Why do I not experience what a lot of people experience like tiredness or hunger? I have no idea. I don't, I, I don't even know what you consider high carb or high protein. Like, so I, I, I don't know. It could be that it could be that you're young. It could be that it's suited to your body chemistry. It could be the particular variety of carbs and proteins you're eating. It could be all sorts of things. I'm not exactly sure. So it's, why is my left toe bigger than my right toe? <laughs> uh, <laughs> genetics. I don't know. What is your opinion on Ray Peat Carrot Salad? I have no opinion because I've never fucking heard of it. <laughs> These questions. <laughs> These questions are kind of funny today. <laughs> Chris, now, what are your thoughts on olive oil, coconut oil, av avocado oils? I have A1 case and allergy, so butter isn't ideal. Uh, came on late, so apologize. Um, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say I like all three of those options in moderation. Mm -hmm. We have all of those at our house, and we use them for different things. And like I said, in moderation, and then we also use, you know, animal fat too. Yeah. I render down, like I render down beef tallow and bacon fat whenever, and pork fat. Whenever I, whenever I cook those, mm -hmm. I render down their fat and we use that for cooking mm -hmm. instead of butters a lot too. So great question, but I want the carbs in the morning. Why is that? Because you're used to having them. It's almost like, a, like, it's you, you want them like, yeah. <laughs> because, because you want them because you're because emotionally you want them. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't need carbohydrates. No, no, nobody needs them. No, nobody needs them. Like your body could you. The only reason why carbs are OK is because to me, they're a delivery system for flavor, which is very important. Texture, also very important. Fiber, massively important and uh, different nutrients, phytonutrients, vitamins, minerals, that sort of thing. That's why vegetables are important, you know, and, and vegetables are connected with carbs. That's why I think they're important. Anything else is for pleasure. Mm -hmm. But you want them because you like them. <laughs> That's why. In conclusion, eat, uh, eat meat. Yes, eat meat. <laughs> sugar cane can be eaten raw. And it takes like a huge piece of sugar cane to equal one tablespoon of sugar. So absolutely do it. <laughs> Go at it, buddy. Yeah, same here, but I'm getting tests done since I haven't uh, had mine since last. Uh, I guess maybe you're talking about your cycle. <laughs> I never wake up hungry. Most people, again, most people wake up thirsty. They're not actually hungry. I switched to only rye bread. Is that uh, actually healthier than white bread? Or am I just kidding? It's healthier. It's still bread. 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's still a processed carbohydrate. It's healthier, but it's still bread. Like when I have bread, it's rare, but when I do have it, I have rye or sourdough because it, it's healthier, but it's, I still view it as a, an indulgence, as a treat. I don't need bread in my diet. I have it every once in a while just because I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I always have it in portion. It's still a processed car. I think you meant carb. carb yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Should I wish more doctors push that? I can't tell you uh, how, how many prescriptions I would process with people uh, chugging soda and can't. It's fucking ridiculous. Oh. It's absolutely insane. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. When I wake up hungry, 24 ounces of water helps immediately. Mm-hmm. Like Everybody should just be in the habit of 24 to 36 ounces of fluid right when you wake up. Everybody. Think of how many hours you went without having any water, you know? So you're going to be thirsty when you wake up and it's really important to replenish that and drink some water. Mm-hmm. Bread is still heavily processed carbohydrates. I completely agree. Yes. Eloise, if I wake up hungry, it's because I didn't eat enough. Possibly. Alan, Dr. McGregor said drinking bone broth is like lead soup because lead is released from bones when you boil. Thoughts? I haven't read that. I'll have to read it. So I don't know who you're talking about, though. Um, awesome, thanks. I have uh, eliminated uh, processed food. Just to get uh, confused when it comes to fat, since uh, everyone used to say fat is bad. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, Dr. McGregor's a vegan propagandist. Okay. So, okay. But, I mean... I'll still look into the to the lead bone broth thing. I mean, I, I think heard I, that before, I so hadn't. Yeah, I, interesting concept. Yeah, I hadn't heard it before, and it does sound like serious propaganda. Seeing as how like bone broth has been one of the staples of the American diet for a fucking massive amount of centuries. If you're concerned, you could always do it in moderation. Yeah, and you could also not. Or, I mean, you or, could, not, or not drink not at it at all. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, I have one sandwich every day. Okay, thanks. Uh, there are huge physiological differences between pre and past. If you're talking pre-fatness 50, 55 years ago, there's not many physiological differences from us 50 or 60 years ago to us now. Like the human be- the human genome has not evolved to all of a sudden make us fat. So we evolved very similar to how we, how we like we, the problem that we're having so much issue is that we are off of our evolutionarily traditional diet and onto eating massively convenient ultra processed foods and we've gotten fatter the physiological differences in the food is what's very different between pre and past or pre and post we are not physiologically that different we have not like the human race has not leapt forward in evolution i agree with you there's huge physiological differences it just happens to be with the different foods and what they do to do to the body that is traditionally eaten you know historically uh, evolutionary foods Let's see. I always eat my meals at some time, hour, every day. So when at the same time. So thank you, baby. So when I wake up, I don't usually feel hungry. Good for you. Good. It's outstanding. When I started drinking a lot of water, especially before bed, I stopped being hungry in the morning. I now can go to like 1 p.m. That's outstanding. Nice. I'm telling you, most people, most people can help out tremendously with their obesity, their generalized health, their sleep, stress relief, skin. Just by really focusing on the water, it's the most actual thing you can do. You can build habits to like, instead of stress eating, you stress sip water too. It's like, it is the biggest bang for the buck out of anything you can do by far and away. 
Can I eat ribeyes every day? I love ribeye steaks. If you can afford to, I don't see a reason why you couldn't unless your doctor tells you that there's a specific reason that you're not processing it well. But certain cuts of ribeye have a very good balance between protein, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of essential uh, nutrients and, and fat. So especially if it's grass-fed beef, I wouldn't see a reason why you couldn't. I mean... I, unless uh, you, you unless you tell me what were, what were the possible what did you possibly make make you think that you couldn't eat a ribeye every day? Why, why don't we do that follow up question? Why do why do you feel you couldn't eat a ribeye every day? <laughs> ribeye is delicious. It really is. It's, it's probably our favorite cut. See, I feel great after a steak. Carb intolerance, make sure your carbs aren't pizza. Exactly. That's what I was thinking too. You might have celiac currently trying to find a healthy balance. If you have celiac, like, I got to be real, celiac is pretty easy to, to, to deal with unless like gluten intolerance speaking is somebody that doesn't eat gluten because I, 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 I get very, my stomach gets very, very upset. It's not that hard. It takes a little while to get used to, but it's not that hard. I mean, to a great to a great degree, being celiac helps people avoid a lot of processed carbohydrates too, like a lot of the junk food that keeps people sickly. I would so, cut all of that out. Yep, and unless unless you have a good reason to keep something, you, you're better off without it anyway. Mm -hmm. Do you think multi multivitamins truly work? Yes, I do. Uh, and there's no reason to think that they don't, and if, because a lot of them are shown through like clinical studies for absorption in the bloodstream and stuff like that. So absolutely, yes. It, I mean, you want to get a good reputable one, but of course, like if you ingest something and it has something in it, it's going to be in your body. So yes, I, be I believe in that. Uh, <laughs> uh, why are my eyes sometimes green and sometimes hazel? What the fuck is wrong with you people today? <laughs> Last week, everyone was yeah, angry. Everybody's and angry. Everyone's and this week's, silly. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you people? Keeping us on our toes. Yeah. In between my my fat, heavy keto meals, uh, I like carrot salad and scraps. Uh, it, it's just scraped down my insides. It really works. Good for so you. Good for you. I, I, I like I like that thought process. Not so much the mental picture, but the thought process is pretty fucking good. Uh, multivitamins work, but shouldn't be used as an excuse to eat garbage yes. food. Of course not. Multivitamins, anything, any any supplement should be viewed as either prophylaxis or as a tool. This is a tool to help lower inflammation, right? This is a tool to help deal with stress and deal with hunger. This is a tool to help deal with hunger and make it so you feel like you're going at the speed of light. <laughs> This is for your joints, right? <laughs> this is for your immune system, right? <laughs> All secondary. This is for uh, absorption of insulin into your system and and, uh, and inflammation. All of those are tools. I can't show you the other ingredients. I almost just did. So. But um, those are all tools. Even, even no morbidity, even our product. It's just a tool. Take it in order to build up your healthy lifestyle skills of proper hydration, all the, you know, eating mostly whole foods in a state of diminished hunger and stress relief. That way you can eventually be off of it and have these habits built. So this is just how you eat in a way to control 
your hunger, right? So let's see what else we got going on. Alan Roberts is our incumbent top G plus. I'm old. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> just so you know, uh, our jars are, are our jaws are smaller than our far off ancestors. Our molars are smaller. Evidence that we have evolved to eat meat and cook foods. Exactly. We don't have we, like we we don't have the a larger predominant jaw to grind stuff down. I remember that. That's good. Let's see. Any other crazy ass weird question? I can never. I can admit that I never drank water when I was obese. I consumed soda and sweet tea. I mean, it's fucking crazy. We've had people come to us drinking a thousand calories of soda, just a thousand calories of soda in a day. Crazy, crazy. I like to wake up fast and exercise in the morning. I eat uh, meat almost every day and never wake up hungry. I usually eat in the afternoon and sometimes have a snack in the evening. Great job, Franklin. That is out fucking standing. Novo is making me realize that for cravings, I like the idea of food better than the food itself. That's I so know that. I so know that feeling. I really do. Uh, let's see. After not eating pasta for months, I had some at Christmas, and my skin is for days. That's I'm telling you, it's the gluten. I am telling you. Drastically reduced my carb intake has decreased my inflammation. That's awesome to hear. And a lot of people don't realize they're just inflammatory items to begin with. Like uh, they're much more inflammatory than the other things you ingest, especially ultra processed carbohydrates. Ultra processed carbohydrates are extremely, extremely uh, inflammatory. Would you guys want to do a live about physical human development over time as our food change? That would be fun. That's not really our thing, but we might. So. Uh, so is baking my own bread just as bad as buying the bread on the shelf? I wouldn't say just as bad. I would still say it's an ultra processed food because you aren't going to produce, you're not going to grow, then grind, then bleach, then strip all the entire flour at home. Um, but I do think that uh, uh, baking at home should still be very rare occasions. Mm -hmm. Very rare. It occasions. is better, but it's still processed flour. And I would still view it as a treat that you do on occasion. Absolutely. Alan isn't having it today. I'm good. I'm good. I just, I'm fucking, I don't know. So, Ravana, I'm completely down with going live and talking about that. You mean about the human evolution and stuff like that? Maybe. Dallin, I'll reach out to you. Okay. But my thing about it is, is I, I, I have no problem. I'll, I'll talk and debate with anybody, but if it's just going to be your cotton headed ninny mugging because you eat meat, I don't, I'm super fucking not interested, especially if it's a matter of where, like, the suspension of logic of shit about how we we need to like uh, of how like we need to pretend that being like eating meat is unhealthy and being vegan is actually healthy. Being vegan is truly not uh, being vegan should be viewed as a methodology for a certain ideology. It is super like in today's world, being vegan is just not healthy. Like you have to supplement it with B twelve. You almost like. At no area in the world, like, well, no area in the United States can you eat vegan and it be just food unless you grow it yourself. It's lifestyle uncovering. And the biggest selling point is that it somehow saves lives when it actually doesn't. And it definitely doesn't help with the climate, you know? So um, I I understand that with the, like the concept of idea of debate is, you know, debate is fine. We're, we, we eat meat. We're meant to eat meat. We, if we couldn't eat meat, if we weren't supposed to eat meat, we wouldn't digest it. If we weren't supposed to eat meat, I have a hard time believing that amino acids and, and fatty acids would be the actual essentials and carbohydrates aren't essential at all. Carbohydrates are just not essential. So anyway, Ember gives you superpowers. 
It does. Uh, Crystal, did you eat any differently when you were pregnant? Well, I didn't drink coffee, obviously no alcohol. Um, I didn't really eat processed foods, but I don't really eat much of that anyway. Um, so not really. I, I've always been where I mostly stick to meat and vegetables. And if anything, I, I did that even more so when I was pregnant. I ate even less processed foods. I and I eliminated caffeine and things like that. So like I was just really on point with my nutrition. Um, but still, you know, very similar to what I do now. And what's your skincare regime? <laughs> uh, thank you for the compliment. Um, I, especially in the past couple of years have, mm -hmm. Well, I have sensitive skin, so I've always tried to go with um, more natural skincare products because all the products that have like a lot of the chemicals and stuff in them really irritate my skin bad. Um, and so I've always tried to uh, stick to more natural products, but even more so in the past few years, I'm really analyzing the labels and trying to eliminate as many of the products as possible because I've been doing more research on the things that they put in our skincare products. And it's really upsetting. Mm -hmm. uh, we did one documentary on it. We did a review on one of the documentaries about it. And I was thinking we could do another one sometime soon because it's, I think more people need to realize what they're putting in our perfumes and our soaps and, you know, lotions and body washes and stuff like that, that is really bad for us. So I try to stay away from that stuff as much as possible and use really natural, real ingredients, mm -hmm. olive oil, coconut oil, apple cider vinegar, you know, things like that. I, I try to keep it as natural as possible. What is the ideal macro split? If anybody, if you or any of you are on any, you know, fitness or health person's YouTube Q&A or whatever Q&A, and they would just spit out a number from this, they're a fucking idiot. Okay, like that is such an individualized thing. How I, how, like th there should be like 50 questions to, 50 questions and then like a month of observation to figure out which the best kind of ideal range of a split for you. Cause it's not even the best range cause you're never going to eat the same way every single day without going crazy in your life. So it's like, which the best range of a split. I personally likely get, I probably eat shit. I bet you it's 40, like I bet you it's 40, 40, 20. Or third or 30, 50, 20, like 20% of my, of my daily caloric intake is from carbohydrates, maybe. And that's not every day, a decent amount of fat and a decent amount of protein every day. You know, that's for me though. Crystals is probably 30, 40, 30, where she eats a lot more, uh, like percentage wise for her calories, eats more carbohydrates than I do. They're all vegetable carbohydrates and stuff like that. But Sometimes she'll have, we'll make her a baked potato. I'll, I won't have one, yes. you know, but normally they're right about the same. You know, she eats definitely heavy protein forward. I would have a hard time believing that anybody besides very serious, very serious athletes should have carbohydrates be in any way uh, close to 50% or above of your total daily intake because you're just not going to burn that much. And I would, you know, I would, 
unless you're burning a shit ton of calories, you know, like you can only eat so much protein, but if you're 200 pound male, it's 200 grams of protein in a day. That's 800 calories. The associated fat with that could likely make that another, you know, there, there's 2000 calories right there. So then if you eat another 2000 calories, you know, in carbs, that's fucking, that's 500 grams of carbohydrates to get the 4,000. And a lot of athletes burn 4,000 calories. I can see that being the case, but it's still very speculative for you, your body type, like, uh, what I mean, body type, I don't mean the mesomorph thing, like, like you, like how you store fats, shit like that, you know? So it's, that's impossible to answer. It really is. Angry bald man, your content is out of this world. And I thank you for being uh, vocal about urging people to take accountability for lifestyle. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Um, let's see. Oh, by the way, just in case you didn't see it, here's the deals. Get on them. We have some slots open. What's involved in your 30 minute uh, consultations? Well, we can go over just about anything you want to talk about. I've had people talk to me about just YouTube or just try to get tips on, uh, tips on their, uh, nutrition, what works best for their lifestyle, like everything from, us evaluating what you've been doing and possibly giving advice to talking about if you needed coaching to talk about if you just wanted to get a little bit of healthier activity. We are not mental health professionals and we are not physical therapists or anything like that, but we help build people build habits and put people in the, like the proper, you know, mind frame to get healthier and stuff like that. So please do check it out. What were you yeah, saying? It, it depends on like the individual, what they're looking for, what they're interested in talking about, what their questions are about. So it, it really depends on the individual yeah. getting the consultation. And then the same, oh, uh, same I have, uh, I wear eyeliner a little bit. But yeah, I mean, just try to keep that shit down. Mm -hmm. you know? I try to limit it as much as I can. It's hard for me because I'm on camera a lot, but I try to limit makeup as much as I can. Are protein powders safe on a no sugar added diet? I mean, it still tastes sweet. Like I eat protein powder a couple times a week. It's been actually several weeks, but I eat a, normally eat it a couple times a week. I make like a little protein pudding out of it as like the sweet thing I have at the end of the day. Uh, I'm requiring less and less of that, it seems, as time goes on. Mm -hmm. But um, so uh, I still have it at the end of the day just in case it would make me hungrier. It's a good way to get some, process, uh, some, some food in. I still do include it in my processed food total. Like... I, so if I'm going to eat 2,000 calories that day, 10% that day of 200 calories comes from protein powder. You know what I mean? Like, and I keep it below that. So I still do include it in my pro, in my processed food, like bank basically that I save for myself. What do you use for your hair? It's always amazing. <laughs> um, she just worked out like yeah. 20 minutes ago. I don't really do much with my hair, to be quite honest. I stopped getting it colored. Oh, wow. Years ago. Years ago. Two now. years it's ago. It's been two years now, I think. Um, and I uh, I don't put any products in it um, because, for one, I like I said, I have skin sensitivity. So, like, a lot of that stuff, those products would bother my scalp very bad. Mm -hmm. I'd get, like, hives on my scalp and itchy and painful. So, I try to avoid that kind of stuff. And I was always very, like careful with the types of shampoos that I would use. And I, I don't wash my hair every day because it would irritate my scalp. So um, I use apple cider vinegar on my hair. Um, and I do use uh, shampoo bars. Um, they are locally made here with all natural ingredients that um, I enjoy. 
and the ones I get have no uh, fragrance in them. Cool. Um, let's see. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? What would yours be? Uh, only one food? Yeah, probably one food. steak. Yeah. Ribeye steak. <laughs> ribeye steak. I love filet. Yeah. yeah. Filet and ribeye. I mean, I've that would that'd be tough. One food, yeah. you know, like. Can I have some avocado with it? Yeah. It would be tough that it was one food, but if it was one food steak, I can guarantee that shit right, right, off, the, right, right off the bat. I love avocado too. Yeah. <laughs> Beware of the talcum powder and makeup too. Yeah, we covered that in, mm -hmm. the, in the, the, the one video. Yeah, the one documentary we went over that talked about the toxic ingredients in personal care products. Um, they talked about the talcum powder um, in great length and about, you know, the different products that have talc in them too. Mm -hmm. um, and I see where we're wearing makeups at half marathons. That's kind of crazy. It's just, that's a little fucking crazy. <laughs> SPF moisturizer, unless it's a special occasion. I'm not, I'm not trusting SPF moisturizers too much anymore either. Uh, at least get 20 minutes in a day out in the sun without any protection on. So you can get your vitamin D depending on where you're at, but does it, like strike nobody is a little crazy that skin cancer like rates have skyrocketed since we started putting SPF on our bodies. I mean, like, oh, no, the next one. People uh, compliment me on my hair all the time, and I tell them I just washed it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I laughed because I was like, oh goodness, my hair. I don't really do much with it. It's up in a ponytail every day because I work out every day. You know, like I was sweating this morning. <laughs> So thank you for the compliment, yeah. but I don't know that I deserve it. <laughs> what would you say to an overweight person claiming exercise and reaching 120 beats a minute is damaging? I'd say they're fucking crazy. I mean, they're, 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 I mean, I would say that they're they're bought into a delusion that they're trying to make themselves feel better, and they likely need some coaching and some uh, some help. You know, like I re I really think that like anybody that wants to say like like. Claiming that exercise is damaging is fucking not exercise can be like depending on how you push it, but 120 beats a minute. I mean, a lot of fat people that's their resting heart rate, and that's the truth. It's it's crazy. So, I mean, people are going to say all sorts of crazy shit, like you know, the, the whole that's not healthy thing from people that clearly look like they fucking treated their body like a dumpster. It's not, it's not, it's it's ridiculous. It, it, it's the stupidity of our time. Sadly, I'm graying very early. I'm in my early 30s and I'm just not ready to commit to gray. So I color my hair. It's the most chemical I put on, uh, on myself at any time. I know the feeling I was, I mean, I colored my hair for years, but for me personally, I was just ready to get away from it and embrace mm -hmm. <laughs> the gray. Mm -hmm. you can, I mean, you look beautiful. <laughs> I love, I love, I love this way more than I love her putting chemicals on her hair. I love it. How often do you wash your hair? Do you need to wash it every day? I don't wash my hair every day um, because like I said, it bothers my scalp. If I do, my scalp will get dry and irritated. So I don't, if like I have like an intense workout and sweaty, then I will, you know, rinse my hair, you know, just rinse it out with water, but I don't wash it every day, you know, every couple of days, like I'll skip, you know, like every other day. I remember reading a passage in a health textbook back in high school. There are five macros, proteins, carbs, fat, sugar, and water. It wouldn't surprise me if they were if they tried to make sugar uh, one. It wouldn't surprise me. How do you like your steaks? 
I like them rear. Um, I'm hoping that you're saying rare, um, but uh, I like mine very rare. Uh, if it's done on the grill, I like the grill to be as piping hot as possible in about 30 seconds on each side just to char the outside and melt the fat a little bit um, and give it to me. If it's still screaming, we're all right. Yeah, I like rare. I agree about hats. Yeah. Some, you rolled up, someone said uh, about wearing a hat outside instead of sunscreen, I think. Um, I agree. I agree with that. And sun, uh, sun, uh, sunglasses are also have been shown to actually negatively affect skin cancer rates. Mm -hmm. Because when your your eyes are exposed to UV light from the sun, it triggers your body to make a certain chemical that goes into your skin. And when they don't get that UV, that hit of UV, that your body doesn't produce it. And it doesn't protect your skin as much. It's fucking, when you start reading about the body, you're like, holy shit. Like, nature is really what we should be listening to, not this fucking, like, that's the problem. We're trying to go against nature. We're trying to go against nature when it comes to colds and our, like, our, like our natural instincts really does. The, um, she brought up the, you go ahead. It upsets me that everyone knows that pregnant women should be careful about diet, but the Jimmy jab was supposed to be no big deal. So the reason why I wanted to bring this one up too, is because, you know, I said processed food, something to think about too. And something that I avoided when I was pregnant was the processed meats, you know? Mm -hmm. So like lunch meats and things like that, you'll want to avoid those. And that when I said processed food, avoiding processed foods, I include processed meats in that. So to, to the other aspect of it, at some point in time, and this is just like kind of like a statement that Crystal and I talk about often, and I guess I'll, I, I make sometimes, but I'm going to make it very clearly here. Don't like, this is, this is likely going to get me in trouble, but don't, don't just blind, blindly trust the healthcare industry. Okay. Don't blindly trust us. Like, fucking look for all the data on everything I fucking say. I've said that for years. Look up everything you hear to the data, right? But when they were, like, I, I wonder why nobody has asked any of these officials that were saying it's perfectly safe for people, especially pregnant women, to take. What data were they making this on? If they, would, if they didn't see the data themselves, they are in gross neglect of, uh, uh, like, like, dangerous neglect of their duties as healthcare professionals, and should be held civilly and legally liable for any damages or anything like that. Like, so like when the CDC director came across and said, it's per there's no bad time to get vaccinated if you're pregnant, breastfeeding, gonna be pregnant, like there's no, there's no bad time. I would have loved to have seen the data for that. And if she can't produce the data and walk us through why she came to that conclusion, she should be in fact then asked follow-up questions and possibly arrested. The problem is, and, this, and I, I challenge everybody to do this, if for nothing else, you don't, and this goes to people that hate me too and are only here today because they think she's pretty. Um, <laughs> like, question this shit, like right away. Like, we should be asking lots and lots of follow up questions. Like, no politician, no public health person should be able to say, it's just this way. It's safe. Tell me why you think it's safe. Point to the data. Because at this stage, we like, we're we're at like the tipping point of health for our our people, like we're way too fat, we're way too dependent. It, I posted this thing today. If all of a sudden the if all of a sudden the the flow of medication got turned off to America, like diabetes and uh, heart medications, if the countries that that supply us with that, which is China and Russia and a bunch of other places, if they just turn that faucet off, millions of people in America will die in a month. I mean, please do. We are we are at that stage where if all of a sudden 
the, the daily or weekly pharmaceuticals that people take to keep them alive, if that faucet would just get shut off to the United States for some reason, millions of people will die. That's a, that's a, that's, that's a health crisis to me. Like that, that to me is a very serious health crisis that we should address, not a cold, you know, and why, uh, why, why they're doing that and we haven't held them accountable. That means, that just means that you can't, that nobody can be trusted to me. So, and that's, I'm sure we'll talk more about that later when I'm live with Mark. I'll be live with Mark in about an hour and a half too, by the way. How often does Alan wash his hair? Alan (laughs) shaves about two times a week. It needs to be more though. Which we just, we're fucking busy. It's like, by the time I'm done, I'm like, I don't feel like shaving. Because I got to shave my whole cranium. Like the whole fucking thing. Like I got to fucking shave it. And when it, and then when summer hits, when I, when I get leaner, I got to shave the fucking arms and the fucking chest and shit like that. Also, it's horrible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my baby. <laughs> Best answer to the one food question, salad. You can have pretty much any meat. Oh, I get what you're saying. That's tricky, though. That's not one food item, but I get it. I, I see how you are. You're, you're, the, you're the guy that wishes for more wishes. This <laughs> <laughs> last wish is always another wish. God damn it. <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't trust sunblock. I, uh, I used infused oil. I would, that's, I, sun, sunblock and, uh, like, it's chemicals. Like, I mean, you're slathering chemicals all over like your nipples and shit. Oh, that's just me. Sorry. That's, that's just me. Getting weird again. Getting weird again. Uh, why is it always people who are un- unhealthy who want to tell others? I don't know. I, 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 for me, it's so amazing. I had somebody be like, you know, Liz, you're, Lizzo's probably in better shape than you. And I literally just like was openly laughing. Like they get so delusional about this shit. It's so sad. Steak is healthier when cooked well done. Humans have lost enzymes to digest rare meat. Uh, cook it more, makes it more nutrient bioavailable. I would, would fucking stab a fucking cow, slice its skin off, slap some fucking meat off and wave it past an open flame and fucking eat it. How about that? But I hear what you're saying. I'm just playing. I would eat a steak like that, though. So I was graying at 16. I was graying when I was young, too. I get burnt very easily, so I don't have a huge choice SPF on my face and is uh, is the only thing that helps me personally. Good for you. Let's see. Okay, let's see what we got here. My, my friends and family gave me a hard time because I wear hats and I bring a parasol umbrella when we're outside for long periods of time and then I end up using it. Then I'm, <laughs> they end up the using parasol it umbrella, too. you could just say you're from Gone with the Wind. because it's, like it's a fucking, good choice. Yeah. Get off my fashion sense, bitches. <laughs> Live according to nature. Absolutely. We're, we're, we've deviated too far from nature mm-hmm. is the problem. We're not, meant, we're not meant to live on top of each other like cities. The reason why people go crazy in cities is we're not meant to live in hives. We're meant to live like as animals do, not as insects. And cities are how insects live. They're big hives of people, right? And swarms of people. Where like in 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 like the rural areas you live like in packs, you know, like I know, I just like the way you say <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm agreeing with what yeah, you're saying. I'm just enjoying, you're the, just delivery. enjoying the delivery. <laughs> Love it. Uh, trust but always verify. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You can't even trust science completely. People can be bought. Oh yeah. Oh, that's another thing too. Like people are like, oh, what the this this doctor says this. Like, motherfuckers, they can buy literal politicians 
who are in the limelight who get investigated nonstop and shit like that. You don't think that they can fucking buy a scientist who probably fucking lived in his mom's garage most of his goddamn life and just got hired, like, the, all of a sudden he's popular, they threw throw some fucking women at him and shit like that. <laughs> like, these pharmaceutical companies. Like, pe- farm, farmer reps, that, like, to have the job as a farmer rep back in the day, you had an unlimited uh, expense account. Like, people would try to take you, like, people would try to take you out to dinners that were, like, $800 a plate and shit like that. And like, they're, they're going to treat you nice as long as you fucking say you'll sign that deal for your hospital to carry such and such medication. They're trying to fucking woo you. You know what I mean? Like the pharmaceutical reps like spend lots of fucking money trying to fucking buy scientists and doctors and all sorts of shit. Fucking Pfizer paid a fucking couple billion dollar penalty for bribing doctors. It's a fucking real court thing. It's like an actual fucking like court reality that Pfizer had to pay billions of dollars for buying doctors. Like, I mean, look it the fuck up. Like I, that's what I've been screaming for three fucking years. Just look this shit up. If I can use their data, present it to you and be like, you're like, holy fuck. Like it means that they're not telling you all the data, you know? Crystal literally is proof that when you eat healthy and exercise, you look 25 forever. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate the compliment. Notice how she didn't say me. <sighs> I don't agree with everything you say, but at least 90%. There's no one I agree with 100%. I follow those that are 90 plus. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. I don't give a fuck if you believe me. I'm just joking. So. I appreciate it. What are your thoughts on full body workouts versus split? Most people have time for full body in, the, in their week. Split workout is for people that can get like four times a week and up in the gym, if you ask me. Full bodies work great if you're going to do three times a week. You can even have like full body emphasis on posterior chain, full body emphasis on push, full body emphasis on pull. That way you work your different back muscles, chest muscles, legs, posterior chain, that sort of thing. So three days a week is really, really good. Throw in some days of yoga at home, and then you got our program called Pull Push Legs Yoga. Um, (laughs) As a matter of fact, if you get a consultation and decide you want it, we'll put that program right on there for you, any any of our programs. We'll put it right on there for you. <laughs> just me fighting with the keyboard. Don't worry about it. There we go. Nice. Just press it. Just press it. I'm still nervous about getting pregnant in the future because I got two of the shot uh, the shoots because I was taking care of my grandparents. I gotta be real. I'd be terrified too. I'm sorry. I, I I'm sorry. I wish I could say like I wish I could say that differently, but I would be pretty fucking. Uh, I would be pretty fucking scared about that too. And I, I wish I could say differently to you. It's like the thing about, about stuff like this is, and I, again, this is not to scare anybody. This is just, this is actual reality. Okay. Most of the problems that happen with, with these types of untested vaccines are not like, it's not side effect right from taking the vaccine. A lot of times we worry about it, like the next generation down, you know, it's because, and even not, even not, I'm not, I don't even know about these particular vaccines because these are brand new to the world, but other vaccines in the past have shown to have like two generations away or whatever, like a generation away, serious birth effects, all sorts of problems too. So I would be terrified. Like I would absolutely be terrified if I took this jab. I would be terrified for her if she did too. Terrified, terrified, ter- like terrified, you know, and for no other reason than they don't know. 
I mean, there's, they, they can't possibly tell you that they know. They can't, they can't possibly say that you're going to be fine, especially when they've gotten a lot of other shit backwards about a lot of other shit. They were either very wrong about a lot of things that were related to the whole situation. They were either extremely wrong, which would make me very terrified for them to tell, say that they're sure you're safe because they were been very wrong about other shit, or they purposely misled people, and, and then I'd be even more terrified. But they cannot possibly say that it's not a worry in my mind. They can't, you know? I agree our pharma uh, dependence and unhealthy population is a huge national security. It's a humongous national security threat, like huge. Like it, it, if I was, people are worried about like China invading us, they could just stop our flow of meds. I mean, between like 200 million people coming off their anti-anxiety medications all at once would not be pretty. Yet alone, have those same people not be able to get their insulin, not be able to get their fucking heart medication, not be able to get their arthritis medication. Like the the flow of pharmaceuticals is too much. We should we should be much more independent. They should be the last resort. But instead, our society is hingent upon it, and it's very that's very dangerous for everybody. We're 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 at an hour and thirty minutes in, so I want to see if anybody has any last questions for Crystal, and then we're going to be done because I've got to go live here in about another fucking whatever. This one, Alan. Can you post a link to to, ju to just the app? To link for what? To just have pay for the app. Oh, just to pay for the app. Oh, yes. Yeah. Just, I think that's what they mean. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Of course, I can do that. Why wouldn't I be able to do that? Of course, I can. Here we go. There it is. Bam. Alan's officially a keyboard warrior. In what way? <laughs> I think because you were having trouble with the keyboard. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> trust the science is proof not to trust. I completely, completely agree. Um, getting vaccines and not getting vaccines is, is like a lottery press. It really is. Uh, and then... Look how they tricked women into taking uh, birth control. It was an experiment that they, they weren't aware of. I mean, it's, it is. Let's see. I had to get it for work and, and or get fired and I really needed my job. I hate that. I hate that too. What I hate even more for you and everybody else. And this is not, to, I, again, I'm not judging anybody because I don't know anybody else's situation. I do know that over here, We've been we have been running our own businesses and they and very much they like people came for our businesses. It was not an easy two years by any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. We had to seriously retract our businesses. That's why when I ask you guys to support us in any way you can, please do. Please do join the app. We have it linked there for just $9.99. Uh, and you get all access to the app, everything like that. That gives you access to all of the live and pre-recorded workouts and yoga classes. It gives you access to our hunger management support group. I tell you what, anybody that joins today, shoot me a message when you get onto the app and I'll set you up with one of our preloaded programs too, if you want, you know, just to throw it in. I'll set it, you can run it right on the app. Um, but uh, if you're already on our app and need a program, let me know. Yeah. If you're already on the app and want one of our pre-recorded ones, let us know. We'll put it right on there for you. We're, we're, we're going to lean way towards more getting people onto the app too. So we're, we're 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 happy with like now we're happy with this, but I'm I'm sorry you had to you had to get it or, or lose your job. What I was saying is that like it was, this was not an easy thing for us, 
Um, and not to mention the fact that I was getting like, like legit death threats multiple times a day for a while um, over this shit. We've always had to deal with the Fed acceptance people being kind of visceral with us. And then we added on these other people. My thing about it is like if we would have never conceded in the first place, there would have never been a you get you have to get jabbed or your work. Like if we would have never been if we if we as the people would have said you can't tell us to stay in for 15 fucking days that you don't have the power to do that. And then still like well, we'll you know the thought process of our government that they had the right to tell us to stay in is the actual problem. Like people need to grasp that by us saying okay you do. That is us conceding to a very serious precedent that they tell us when we can have the Constitution and not. They don't. Have, they shouldn't have had the authority to do that. And I don't care if you're a Trump fan. I don't care what who you're a fan of. That shit should have never happened. And if that shit wouldn't have happened, if we as a people would have stood up and been like, you don't have a right to label me essential or non-essential. You don't have a right to tell me I have to close my business. Mm-hmm. You don't have a right to tell me this. You work for me. If we was all stood up at once, you likely wouldn't have had to been forced to get a, this to keep your job because we could have all stood in unity and said, we're free fucking people. Tell us the facts about what we're doing and let me make my own damn decisions. Because that's what, like, we've been treated like we weren't citizens for three years. And that's the problem. And if you, and I hate to tell you people this, but this was only the beginning. Like, wait till you see what they do about how fat people are. Sooner or later, they're, sooner or later they could very well mandate fat, weight loss. And or they could mandate you can't go to gyms. Or they could close down, like, if this is a control thing which is why it should have never happened. At no point in time was there ever justification for anybody, for us to even make this jab. Like, it was a cold. They're admitting they overcounted the numbers dramatically already because they're walking shit back. It was never a reason to close the whole fucking world down. Mistakes were made, and the jab is one of them. So uh, everybody that everybody that had to get it because you got coerced into it, you should be looking to hold somebody accountable. You should be looking to hold the company or entity that, that got you, that made you so you had to do that, accountable. You should be hot, like looking around to do that. Absolutely. Don't just take it sitting down because they'll just be ready to give it to you again for sure. They all have amazing blue eyes. Her eyes are her eyes are blue, green, and gold. They have like a gold band around the center of them. It's fucking amazing. And then like in the morning when the sun's coming up, they're a little bit more green because like the, the gold band kind of expands a little bit. So it's like, they're really, really, really green. In like direct sunlight, they're super crystal blue, though. Like they're super amazing blue. But when it's darker out, like it's mostly like just like kind of a gold band and a little bit of like gray right around the outside. Her eyes are amazing. You guys are making me blush today. So many compliments. Her Thank eyes are you absolutely so much. Amazing. You're all so nice. <laughs> Alan and Crystal, I want to learn and read about nutrition and health. Where can I learn like websites and stuff? Look up any article on weight loss. Go to the studies in the article. Read those studies. Anytime you come across a word that you don't understand, look that word up, read till you know everything about it, go back and study. That's how you learn. That is absolutely how you learn about nutrition and health. You read the studies on the ingredients, you read the studies on all things, and not just the ones that make you say, oh, that fits my, my thing. Mm-hmm. Read all of them in their entirety. I'm a little behind this week, but I normally read something like 20 or 25 studies a week. Just, I mean, because that's that I want to, that's why I'm able to sit on a live audience for hours at a time, any given day, and talk my points because I know that shit. You know what I mean? That's why when people ask, like, what do you think about this, this guy's YouTube video? Like, I don't fucking, I don't research via YouTube at all. I research via 
the actual articles, then the studies connected to the article, then the studies that support the study, and then the data that supports that. That's how I learn about, about this shit. So, and then Crystal learns by just like observation and she reads all the studies too. And then she fucking puts it all together. Like, so I can speak about like the actual individual things. She uses it all to develop the methods that have us do the things. So I read a lot of books. Yeah. She read, yeah, you read a lot of the books, but at the same time, like when me and you will talk about the, me and you will talk about the actual things you once like, I just literally add like the blurting knowledge, like the actual methodology. She applies all that we learn into like the actual methods. So you can be like me and just learn it all, or she, we can have her explain how she like thinks about it in methodology terms at some other time. I can have her just as a special guest. Crystal, if you rub, rub Alan's head three times, does a genie pop up and do you get three wishes? Which head? Somebody beat me to it. Somebody beat me to it. Genie popping up, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Um, anyway, I'm seriously, uh, it's, it's seriously an invaluable tool to being healthy. Alan and Crystal are awesome. Change life. Appreciate yeah, it. I think we could be about done here, guys. Uh, it's an. I also wanted you to go over that. This one? Oh, that was really cool. I love the app. It's easy to use. That's outstanding. Yeah. And also, I wanted to thank you for saying that I respond quickly. I try. Yeah. <laughs> I try to respond as quickly as I can. So thank you. Thank you guys very much. We will have another uh, uh, documentary chat next week. Um, so uh, we'll announce what it's going to be. I hope everybody takes us up on the offer for the uh, to either get on the app. We'll, we'll give you a one of our pre-done programs right on your app. Book a 30-minute consultation or get three months worth of coaching. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I'm going to be live with Mark here probably like an hour and 20 minutes, I think. I don't know. But uh, and then then her and I are going to go grocery shopping, do a little shopping. Then we're going to chill out, have a great evening. And then I'll probably be live tomorrow morning again. And then we're going to go out and have fun. So that's that's my day. Sorry to rain man all that shit on you at the very end there. <laughs> I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you, know, you so much. That, she means goddamn.